into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. Not God Bless America. God damn America. That's in the Bible for killing innocent people. God damn America for treating our citizens as less than human. God damn America. As long as she tries to act like she is God and she is supreme. God damn America. Uh, I would like to pour one out for the uh, the baddest bitch of all time, the greatest, the the brown bomber, um, the hell yeah, um, Queen B, Barbara Bush, rest in power, bitch. Um, <laughs> gee, uh, that's that crazy out. thing to say, right? Rest in power. Rest the in Women's power. March Twitter account tweeted rest in power, Barbara Bush, and just really? a picture of her with both arms out. Like, yeah, it was the weirdest she fucking a shit. strong woman. <laughs> they, should, they really do that? Yeah, the women's the people who run the women's march are kind of all over the place. Yeah, they're they're like, they're they love they're women. Really, <laughs> they love women and love marching, and that's really <laughs> that's a kind of. I mean, they like Barbara Bush and they like Louis Farrakhan. That's Dude, women really? and wow. marching. Those yeah. are two Those are really <laughs> interesting, like comedy. Yeah, uh, Theresa May. <laughs> yeah, they're fucking crazy. So. um before we get into things, I am Jake Flores. I've got with me Anders Lee. Anders Lee here. Alex Patek. Anders Lee here. <laughs> and our guest for the episode, Dojan. I don't know your last name. It's Gunny Dogley. Dojan Gunny Dogley. Cool. You say <laughs> wait, it, wait, not wait. Me. Your name is. <laughs> has your first name in it? So no, it's your, no, no, no. a last Dojan name and your first Gunny name. Dalla. Okay. I think there was just a Gunny comma. Gunny Dogley is like the kind of just Americanized I, way of saying it. Ah, uh, it's a pseudonym. It was, it's a pseudonym. It was just Jake saying, I don't know your last name to your face. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it until I looked at you and went, oh, wow. yeah, <laughs> I thanks. have to do this now. That's definitely you just texted me before. But didn't like... <laughs> <laughs> you, that's happened to you like on a comedy show before, though, right? Where you're like, and up next, uh, who the my f- friend <laughs> Sam. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Doge isn't a comedian, so no. he's not a fucking weird adult that's like, hello, here's my first and last name when he meets people <laughs> like us. Um, <laughs> most Andrew's people. Andrew's like here. <laughs> <laughs> Dojan, I, something here. Um, <laughs> something very foreign. Out of, uh, <laughs> um, anyway, um, so you were, just before I turned on these mics, about to illuminate uh, the world of Barbara Bush and Aleister Crowley to me. Well, I don't know too much about it, except for, like, uh, I was high as shit last night, and I started to like oh, yeah. read about read it a little about bit because I saw it on Reddit, and then someone's like Alistair Crowley. I'm like, at first it didn't click with me because the name was like, what the fuck is that from? I know I heard it somewhere. Of course, like conspiracy YouTube videos. Like, oh yeah. And then I like started going. I was like, wait, this is a guy who's like has like so called like the satanic god. Then it's like looked into Wikipedia, but I didn't see anything. Do you know more about it's it? It's Ozzy like, Osbourne's magician name. Magician? Is there? Really? No. Uh, like, I, I know, know all about Alistair Crowley. I don't I know how they related though. Are they? Uh, that be kind of cool. Bush? That's what they said. That like she was. Uh, that that's her grandfather. She does seem witch like. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, like they were describing God, him. Like <laughs> first they were describing Aster Crowley like in like Paris or something like that. And like he sounded like a like a Bushwick hipster. Like he was living with his friends and like looking for a place to stay. And then someone brought him over here. And then he found his community. And it's like there there are like, <laughs> a, like what? a lot of conspiracy theories about the Bush family because they're like one of those families that goes back in actual political power to just shit that's you know actually very spooky and real like coke brothers era world really? shit but um Kennedy. but then there's all these conspiracy theories about alistair crowley and shit like that i think that are just kind of fun gobbledygook um 
Which he would have loved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he uh, was real, though. He was this guy who, like, sort of or was so you think. famous uh, during the era of... Um, the 1800s? Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm not going to get this entirely correct. I, I want to say, like... It was late 1800s from what I yeah, saw. Yeah, like, like early industrial sort of shit. Um, he, he was sort of famous during the time in the world where you could, when you could be a famous con man that's like, I'm a wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like... You know, really into reading, like, Egyptian text and trying to... He, what he, do you sell? <laughs> I sell throwing the Bible in the trash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, You're going to be famous. <laughs> he invented, uh, like, ritual sex magic, which is, like, sort of... Hey-o. Not that different on a basic level than, like, a lot of, like, Tony Robbins, like, just believe, have a vision board, and that affects the world because Always it's affecting you oh, sort come. of shit. We'll come but <laughs> the way you, yeah, the way you do it is by, like, thinking really hard about, like, the job you're trying to get and the wall you're coming and then like eating the cum. It's like that's seriously <laughs> in the book. That last part, the hook. He, <laughs> he, fucking, he was so into ritual sex magic that he tried to elevate it to this crazy fucking level uh, where he like at, at the, his highest ritual he like went into the desert in Egypt with some guy that he was like using for his ritual sex act and he raped the guy in this specific way. He like forcefully made the guy fuck him in the ass like while he's performing some weird fucking red hot chili peppers sex magic thing and he did it like to such a crazy i think he was also probably drugging the guy up and shit but he did it to how do you make someone i I, like acid and persuasion and like cyber bullying i think that's why you have the cyanide does it to you once you get into the cyanide (laughs) it just hits you it's like (laughs) i think honestly that's it probably that's probably why he had to go into the middle of the desert to do it because he would have to lead the guy out there and be like well where are you gonna go you know do you want like the directions back to society well then fuck me in the ass he drove the guy in my boy pussy (laughs) 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 he he drove the guy great the guy was just from that day on was like literally just made no sense he was just insane after that he got drove crazy by being forced to fuck a wizard in the ass wow (laughs) 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 is that shit still going on today like thanks for tuning in to ritual sex magic if you uh subscribe to the patreon you can hear me rape a chimney sweep Uh, (laughs) (laughs) alistair crowley would certainly have had a podcast (laughs) he would have been real mad at the news i've heard he just is joe rogan (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's uh he's a fucking treat to read about if you ever get real bored and you want to go down a weird wormhole like that because like the story is really interesting like he he was involved with this church called the order of the golden dawn and like he got kicked out for being sort of a rebel and being weird and they had this secret like text that no one was allowed to read and when he left he went and invented ritual sex magic and then they invited him back in and made him their king because they were like that was the secret (laughs) fake friends (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 i'm cutting out all the toxic people in my life especially you friend from the desert no one wanted me when i was getting raped in the desert but now all of a sudden i got all this magic cum everyone's on my instagram (laughs) yeah but he so he so he went out and he fucking butt 
fuck raped that guy in the desert with his butt <laughs> and God um so that's then he invented how you get people to like you you go out into the desert <laughs> yeah, so rape bad. a guy <laughs> how to make friends. and you come back and everybody's like hey you're that guy right you're like yeah it's, it's tony robbins it's the same shit it's basically he gives you the same advice but um the best part of this is it started as the barbara bush hearsay hour <laughs> <laughs> and just became alistair crowley's podcast <laughs> she used to do this too she i'm to almost done i'm almost to the point end of the story this i just how much i had to nerd out for a Barb. second because <laughs> I, because I happen to know, wait, you hit one of my nerd things. Um, so then, okay, so he goes out of the desert and he does all this crazy shit. And he comes back and he goes, "I've invented ritual sex magic." And then the Order of the Golden Dawn is like, "Holy shit, that was what was in the secret book we wouldn't let anyone read." You must be magic because you invented the same thing as us. So then he became like their king or some shit. I don't know. So that's where I kind of fall off. Yeah. Um, and then he just sort of traveled the world and then after he that. He founded the Damn. CIA. <laughs> He did all this shit in America after like that. And that's way before you know about it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, okay, so he probably didn't found the CIA, but when the CIA started, they had, like, cloaks and weird shit like that. They, they did all these so weird... So they could be sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> what is there to understand? <laughs> <laughs> need a cloak. There's this the great book... The CIA spies were really sneaky. They just had to... <laughs> There's a great book called Legacy of Ashes that's about, like, um, how they're idiots and how they just, like, bungled, like, every fucking thing ever and how they started because they were like they suddenly realized post-world war ii were like really 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 behind on like spy shit just as a country so when they started the cia they were just like looked up the wikipedia of like how to be a spy and like that's why they ended it up it kind of makes sense the they had cloaks. no like experience in the middle east be- before world war one or world war even world war ii they had yeah. no influence in that area oh yeah Here's it's why like the cia <laughs> really exists and well especially with the cold war how they use the cia in this uh like uh, South America is just crazy. Oh my! They developed God. it there. They pretty much learned how to torture civilians in South America and just moved it on up in the rest of the world. Yeah, no, for real. Look into uh, read the Shock Doctrine if you really want to go completely fucking crazy and read about uh, Chile and like the the oh, whole yeah. Pinochet Allende thing. Dude, uh, my uh, girlfriend's old best friend and ex roommate, her uh, her grandfather was like a part of the like Pinochet government and no like, shit and she used to brag about she's like my grandfather used to be a mayor in chile and we're like yeah for a fascist dictatorship you know that's not a good thing and she's like what's fascism and like she was of course like not to be a dick too but like she of course ended up like being a huge trump supporter later on so i was like oh, oh this is yeah. what fascism yeah. is yeah. so this is what it is when, when uh I, I was hosting this dsa comedy show fundraiser thing and jake was on it and one of the comedians did a whole chunk on ice that did really well just making fun of ice, ice. the following comedian just opened not a joke just like shared this with the crowd he's like you know my sister is in ice Dot dot dot. That anyway, weed is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Super liberal. Yeah. I know we just established this is like a modern Gestapo. <laughs> we all hate, and I'm kinda in it. Anyway. Yeah, that was really weird because I think we all were like, "This is gonna be a great twist at the end of this story." And then he was like, "Anyway." It makes you think. <laughs> I smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Excuse me. All right. Um. Ice. I fucking love that joke that Gabe does. Yeah, that's good. I keep saying it to myself. We're um, do this whole spy versus spy chunk, but I think we should just move on. This <laughs> <point>. <laughs> yeah. Um, other news around the globe before we get into the main shit uh, today is um, Alex Jones is very sad. This is really cool. Um, <laughs> I'm going to look it up and play it real quick. What do you think Alex Jones listens to when he's sad? 
Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> he Horror. seems like the type of guy would listen to his own show. Just Rage Against the Machines, lesser known covers. <laughs> Floyd. I bet it's Floyd. <laughs> Disturbs yeah. cover of Sound of Silence. <laughs> the big no, it's Corn's cover of Floyd. I don't think he's <laughs> a, uh, an I angsty it. guy. Great. It's another brick on the wall. It's Jake's apartment looks like a corn music video. <laughs> I'm throwing out so many mannequin heads. If anyone wants any, I... There are three gas helmets in this room. <laughs> my, uh, my old roommate had um, very specific tastes. What's the line from Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, where he's like, I have uh, peculiar tastes. My cum is magic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it only works in the desert. <laughs> I think Alex Jones is cutting his own bangs right now and like listening to, you know, Sebado. He's, he's a sad boy. This is about the divorce, right? You know, stop supporting Trump. And it's the opposite of what my ex-wife says. She says, you know, oh, the system took the kids away from me. No, you got the kids back because of who I was part of the time. And then they sit there and they're like, you know, if you just turn against Trump, things will be better. But he was doing good, and that was, makes it so bad. Oh. <laughs> Have you not seen this? No. Oh, and that's what makes it so bad. Oh, no. piece of crap from the beginning would be so bad. But we made so many sacrifices. But <laughs> now he's crapping all over us. It makes me sick. Oh my god! I can't like watch a grown man cry like this. It's like upsetting. There's a a version of that with like music playing in the background. The one that I sent you yesterday. It's so funny because you don't even need like the music at all. It just like it plays right into it. Yeah. Wait. So so is it? He's sad that Trump betrayed him. I think what he's what what by getting he got a divorce. (laughs) (laughs) You're the president. (laughs) Put us back together. No, no. I I got you in there. This is post um, the bombing in Syria. Uh, uh, that's for him because we've been talking about this on the show. There's this weird line where like a lot of libertarian types think that they're like, you know, we're actually more anti-war than everyone because we're like isolationists. You know, capitalism is about n- not war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what did you think? We buy and sell the weapons as a joke. <laughs> Part of gag on the It's like a very profitable joke we do. <laughs> yeah, those people really are like the most gullible of all ideologies because it's weird because they think of themselves as these like brain genius logic guys who yeah. are like, you know, I can explain the same it away. Same people like don't put in society into any of their like economic decisions. They are <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they act like a society doesn't exist when like economics and socioeconomics don't tie into each other. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're robots. They yeah. think that you, math can make a fucking society. You, you saw all those clips from, like, the Libertarian Convention in the summer. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Those guys with the mullets and jeans and shit. One guy, yeah, one guy was like, um, I think maybe we could do some tests before uh, you get a driver's license. And it was like a stadium full of people being like, boo! <laughs> all these guys with mullets were like, fucking sell out! I will say though that like, uh, when I, w- I remember Ron Paul was like one of the first people to ever say like, hey, m- maybe we shouldn't be constantly bombing this region of the world and like that might have some consequences. Maybe. You know, like his other shit was awful. But like nobody, Obama wasn't saying that. You know, yeah. no one's saying that. That's like it was the, like a the editor's hook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, it's not bad that he said that. It's just all the other shit yeah. that, you know, went along with it. Like, if Ron Paul had become president and he tried to make all of his shit cohesively, you know, implemented through the government, like, it wouldn't have worked. No. No, we had, like, cities that collapse overnight if we had libertarian society. Yeah. Um... <laughs> God, it would fucking rule. There would just be so many guys with like cell phones on their hips, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just walking. When Trump won, so many of those dudes suddenly were more like public in society. And it's like, you know, we learned this lesson from Trump, which is that like, oh, these people have been around. They've just been afraid to like be very vocal about being racist, but they've also been very afraid to wear polo shirts tucked into their jeans in fucking public. <laughs> and now they don't give a shit. Now they're like, this is fashion now. It's weird. They're more Range Rovers than before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Escalade everywhere. But tr- uh, fucking Alex Jones is crying, um, you know, because of this perceived idea he had about like how Trump's actually this, you know, free market guy who's lock and step with this libertarian ideology thus anti-war and so i guess he's it's funny because he's like because you're like alex did you not see this coming like everyone but, else did that's what like um even like on reddit recently what was funny was like the conspiracy tag which is fun to like browse through if you oh get yeah bored. they like blew their shit when trump uh fired rex tillerson and hired uh the cia director pompeo pompeo yeah. because yeah. they're like how pompeo. dare he pompeo. put someone as uh as a uh, <laughs> secretary of state as like the head of the cia like he's clearly a show and then everybody's like really like you guys just realize i think it's more in like stepping stepping foot with that because he's realizing like the switch and like his audience like the conspiracy theorists are finally realizing like hey this isn't our guy either well right. they thought that i like think this glowing orange person is kind of fake <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck about us <laughs> yeah he's president fake friend man um i guess it's kind of interesting because like when he became president he started like staffing his cabinet with like um corporate people like big you know fucking yeah. tillerson and like yeah. the head of you know like all these people and in that through the libertarian lens that's like this is great because this is anti-government uh, because the market is like opposed to government regulation shit business leaders but it qu- be quickly became very obvious that, like we just have when you have unregulated huge corporations like yeah. that they just now they are the government they're yeah. just you know they already were in their thought alphas <laughs> which is how they got there <laughs> so it is like kind of cool to see you know uh I do libertarians really cry like watching those people get fired that is the biggest like sell to the trump administration to me is like he'll appoint the word like the head rex tillerson head of the major oil corporations as like secretary of state or like some position where he can just serve his business but then he'll also fire him like a bitch in front of everyone which <laughs> yeah. has never happened to him ever <laughs> and with the military guys that he treats too like think about all these generals that he has under his watch and like he just treats them like kind of just like children and he's like this big yeah. fucking orange idiot and they have to listen to him, and he they're can't like, "Can't be afraid of them." He's like a like a Mickey Mouse style character. When the general comes in, he's just like playing with a like a like a cartoon duck or something. Well, I like where you're going with that. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds good. Uh, <laughs> so he's appointing generals to like the shit that not it would. John Kelly is not going to know how to like run a White House, you know, like it. a. Ge- yeah. Well, like James a general, like the poet, the next poet laureate is probably going to be a general. He or made something. the it's be R. Kelly. He made the last <laughs> like uh, the presidential doctor became uh, the the 
of the, the guy who runs affairs for veterans, pretty much. Right, because he praised in, Trump because yeah, he like, put yeah. him in because he was just talking about how amazingly yeah, fit. They get along really well together. Yeah. Like this guy's been around since Obama as well, but like he just because like whoever like kisses his ass and like likes him, he just like oh right, I got a job for you. Pretty much, he has like that mentality like oh you like me, I like you, I got a job for you. Come here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, it turns out he's an idiot, which is funny because all these people were like, nah, man, he's playing 40 chess. He's like this brilliant yeah. fucking guy. And he's like, you know, we're going to slowly come to the realization. He's you think a, he's a real friend until it's not. <laughs> but um, um, so Drake, no new I friends. feel like we got to move on to Syria. So that's what I'm kind of getting to. Uh, we were talking about the segues earlier. So on that topic. Um, no, OK. So here's what I'm getting at. This is a. Um, <laughs> This is a uh, let Anders do it. This, <laughs> this this Alex Jones thing is, is a response to what happened last week, which is we're probably starting a fucking war, um, and you know that's on the table now, or at least it's somewhat more normalized because Trump came out and he said he's going to fucking bomb Assad or whatever, uh, and then he did. I actually ran into Ragov on a train that night, and uh, oh, she's horrible. He was. Uh, huh? Oh, I thought you were talking about the. There's another woman named Arana on Twitter. You ever see her? No. no. The, no, no the other host of this podcast, who <laughs> <laughs> well, I would love if you came out against right now. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that would be very there's funny. There's like to me. leftist. Uh, there's an extreme leftist on Twitter. Or I think her name is Arana or something like that. She's from uh, originally like she's part Lebanese, but she's rarely like Hezbollah and pro Assad. It's just Ragov with a hijab on. <laughs> no, she doesn't even have a hijab. Like she's like crazy pro Assad, like I'm just sure. really on like that like crazy red like that crazy she's leftist. Hands off she's pro. Really, yeah. Oh, okay. She's like one of those yeah. leftists that are oh, really pro Assad. Yeah, she's yeah, one of those yeah, people. Yeah. Uh, that's a fucking. I thought you were huge. talking about that. I was like, oh shit. That's a huge thing. I've been trying to figure out like how I feel about um, Syria and stuff right now, and kind of navigating all the different takes that feel. people have. I can on help it. you. Please do, because um, I don't know shit, man. Um, but like, there, there's this sort of split right now between. You know, people that are like, well, Assad uses chemical weapons against his children, therefore America's going to intervene. That's a traditional neoliberal, like, left and right in American sort of politics. The, the left at this point, the Democrats anyway, are still pro-war, right, for that reason. We love to bomb things. Then there's... We have so many. Leftism, you know, which is sort of like... This is we're anti the war and anti intervention, not pro Assad. And then you got tankies that are like so far down the fucking rabbit hole that they're like, I think the the big fallacy they make is that anything that's anyone fighting against imperial, you know, U.S. imperialism is good because U.S. imperialism is bad. But like two things can be bad, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Assad yeah, you should is. see my ex wives. <laughs> <laughs> my ex wives. <laughs> Oh shit! Speaking of your wife, uh, before okay, before we get into this, I got to tell a story. We got <laughs> we got sidetracked at the beginning, but this is this is a I think uh, how do I put this? This is like an allegory, all right, for uh, knowing where something is going. Here's my point, right? Okay, so I went uh, to your uh, birthday party. It was my birthday party, which was at NATO, right? It was uh. at NATO. <laughs> Jake was there. Anders would not come I, to NATO. At a show. <laughs> yeah. A show I, at uh, uh, the, the Warsaw Pact. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So listen to this spooky tale. I went to Alex's birthday party with uh, my partner, Sid, right? And we um, we rolled in, and immediately someone was like, just so you know, there's a man aggressively trying to do cocaine with everyone here. <laughs> just be on the lookout. He's trying to fuck like everyone. Um, he really stole like all of my birthday from me. Yeah, he was uh, the hit of the party. He I'm was, still like, thinking about him. What's the opposite of a clown? Uh, 
I don't know. Um, but Alistair he, Crowley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You fuck me. Let's go Sinai. <laughs> Try and take you to the desert. <laughs> I have a wish that must come real. <laughs> yeah. So. How do you feel about magic? <laughs> fun party and everything. I didn't really interact with the guy until me and Sid are about to leave, right? And we're leaving because we're like kind of hungry. And we go up to the bar to get one last round. And there's um, this guy, and he's like, um, hey, I lost my wallet. I left my wallet in the car. I got to leave. Um, always a great way to open. <laughs> he, I'm like, oh, that sucks. And he goes, ah, you know, it's food. I left this food here. And he's like, do you want – there's like some wings and some fucking chips and guac, right? And I was like, oh, thank you. That's very nice of you. And he's offered me some guacamole. We each ate some guacamole. And uh, then he said, um, you know, my name is, I can't remember what the fuck his name was. And I was like, I didn't ask, but cool. And then he turned to this woman standing next to him looking, you know, dressed like uh, something's going on. And, he goes, and her name is Princess. And I was like, her name is not Princess. There are people named Princess. Something, this is about sex somehow. And I, can't, <laughs> <laughs> I can't put my finger on this. And then it's like, I was like, okay. And I was still kind of drunk, so I kind of wouldn't put it all together. But then I, me and Sid were like, okay, well, let's sit down in this booth and uh, have a, you know, this last drink, and then we'll fucking party on out of here and whatever. That'll be our night. And so then him and Princess sit down across from us in the booth, which is a really weird thing to do to somebody that you don't know, you know? And uh, he's, like, still talking, and we're like, okay. And then all of a sudden it hits me. This is the fucking guy everyone warned me about, the cocaine. He's on so much coke. That's why he's not eating the food. He lied about his keys, whatever. It's so, a power move for a power bottom. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then he fucking... He's like, all right, let's play a game. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> I assume you weren't saying anything to him either. <laughs> I kind of was... I was uncomfortable, so I was just kind of like, uh-huh, like just playing it cool, but like slowly putting this together and just kind of grinning at Sid, like this is going to get fucking weird. I know where this is going, right? And so he goes, let's play a game. Um, uh, we'll each ask each other questions. Um, I'll go first. And so the first thing he asks is like, um, are you two together? And I'm like, good question. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yes, we are. And he's like, okay. And he's like grinning the whole time. Oh, like, <laughs> that's the right it. answer. <laughs> fuck. And then she goes like, she, I can't remember what the fuck she said, but she said something that was like leaning more and more into like weird sex or whatever. She's like, you know, so. She's probably just like, my name's Princess. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Princess. That's all she says. <laughs> that's why we call her that. I think she asked, me, you know, if I ever had a threesome or something. And I was like, yeah, or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I was like, damn, I should have lied. Um, so then it gets to my turn, and I could see this guy visibly horny at me. Oh, So I went, uh, like what's your rat? favorite color? <laughs> Thinking, you can't sexualize that. And he was just like, black and red. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> no. All over you. What? <laughs> yeah, <that's>, uh, <laughs> I see where you're going with this. That's the sexiest color <laughs> answer. And then he was visibly so glad that it was his turn. <laughs> and he went, oh, my turn. Have you ever fantasized about having sex with one of your siblings? And we just oh. slammed our beers and fucking <laughs> left. <laughs> he, like, he, I don't know what happened to him that night. How um, do you one-up that conversation? <laughs> so one way you could do it is just like, I fucked my own cousin if I could. <laughs> no, just super quick, this is how I was introduced to him. This is at my party at a bar. 
I know like 20 people there. I'm trying to talk to everybody. I'm just sitting with my friends. Uh, and uh, he comes up, never seen him before, uh, very angry looking bald white guy who looks kind of wiry with hand tattoos he honestly looked kind of like alistair crowley he kind of <laughs> like a young alistair crowley and he's just like kind of intimidating looking and he goes up and he goes i was told it's your special day to me and i'm like who is this man and then he looks at my friend and goes why is your friend fucking looking at me like <laughs> oh, that shit. and i was like what is happening what is going on and then they like escalated and it got to the point where like my friend finally backed down from being like I'm not looking weird and he's like you're looking fucking weird and then <laughs> he was just finally like I am and uh, then uh, we got to hang out with that guy for three more hours oh boy happy birthday <laughs> yeah. sounded good <laughs> sounded um, a good way to end the night I just wanted to tell that story on Mike because it was so fucking gross. Uh, uh, and in a way, uh, a social situation with so many quagmires and uh, d- dangerous twists is a lot like modern Syria. <laughs> that there guy's actually go. a Syri- uh, he's a Assad supporter. That's yeah. where this all ended. That yeah. was Assad. That was Assad. Right. <laughs> when, he said, <laughs> yeah. when he said black and red, I thought it was going to be an anarcho-communist yeah. no, rabbit hole you guys got. In. The color of a sex bed he has in his yeah. fucking like, How do you feel like about baptism? <laughs> Um, he was using chemical weapons <laughs> on his nose, and also maybe in that guacamole. When that happened, I was like, the first thing I thought was like, can you roofie guacamole? You probably can. But he did he ask you about barrel bombs at all? He was like, how do you feel about barrel bombs tonight? No. Like, how does that? I, how does that? I have heard a story. That's for after he lures you into the <laughs> desert. Just <laughs> tangential as well, but there is a uh, burrito restaurant in Minnesota. I like it. Where you get if you go in. And you have a card for the local football team. They give you a free thing of guacamole. And the employees once, I heard this secondhand, they got so frustrated with this man who would only do that every day <laughs> that they uh, ejaculated into his guacamole. Oh, it around and gave it to him. More wow. protein for him, though. He you wouldn't <laughs> notice that in a guacamole either. You wouldn't notice. It's salty. That's prob- That's the worst part of a prank like that is that he probably has no idea. No idea. That's probably the same guacamole you got. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, God. Okay, so let's talk about Syria. Um, <laughs> I'm, at some point, I'm going to have to pivot from something really fucking dumb into something really serious. Um, Mass graves and deserts. Hell yeah, dude. Russian yeah, like mercenaries. That. Where do you want to start? So you're from <laughs> Turkey? Well, uh, yeah. So I was born in uh, southeast Turkey in a small town called Pazajik. It's uh, about like an hour to two hours away from uh, Efren, which is the Turkish government is currently invading with their forces. Okay. I think we all know Pazajik. Pazajik. Yeah, yeah. You guys might know a couple of like, uh, people from there. We're really known for our pistachios. That's my family does. Really? Yeah, pistachio okay. farmers. A couple of thousand acres, you know, just like. That's what I always say. Yeah, just, that's where you get pistachios from. But uh, yeah, I was born there in like 93. Some, my family moved yeah. here in 96. Sometimes you go into a room with so many pistachios, you go, where am I? Pazajuk? This guy has traveled the Silk Road fairly well. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so my family's from there originally. And like the cool thing about that area and uh, why it stands out different to like what most people are probably used to in Turkey is that the majority there is not Turkish at all. It's actually Kurdish. Uh-huh. And that's why my family ended up coming moving to the United States is because we're Kurdish and like what the government's role had like and Tur- Turkey's like extremely anti-Kurd right uh yeah I'm pretty <laughs> pretty much like that's the best way to put it uh, Turkey even though it's had like changed politically like when you see like technically they were somewhat secular before Erdogan like they were kind of more secular like European based fascist mm-hmm. 
and then they moved into like the Islamic. They've always had like uh, oppressive policies towards Kurdish policies because since the Turkish government was like kind of set up, most people don't know about it. It's kind of a, a homogenized state. They didn't want anything else to exist there in the state system besides right. being Turkish. So that's why even though you have a country like Turkey where it's like Asia Minor, Antolia, whatever you call it, you usually have like uh, Greeks, high population Greek, Armenians, Greeks, uh, I mean Kurds and like Assyrians, such like that. That doesn't exist anymore because of these policies that Turkey's like kind of rolled out throughout the years. Turkey's trying to form like an ethno state. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And they kind of don't hide it too, because like that's the first thing you say when you like start class every day in Turkey is like how proud I am to be a Turk, and like what proud of like of ethnic descendant I come from. That's like, that's like, like your like, version of like the national anthem or whatever. Yeah, but like way yeah. more ethnic influence on it, and yeah, way yeah. more nationalistic and nationalistic. Right. Be a white. Our whole American. thing is about. Like being free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and they don't want you to know about the freedom. Land of the brave. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like if the lyrics were just explicitly like, "It's good to be a white landowning man." Hell yeah, like it's under essentially the eagle, that. So free. <laughs> it's essentially that, but like ethno-Turkish uh, policies. Plus, it has like even though like the founder of Turkey, Ataturk, who was like quote unquote secular, he also like the ethnic state of Turkey and the existence of it has a lot of ties to Sunni Islam. Okay. I th I wanted to ask you about this because I read that thing you sent me. I yeah. thought it was really interesting. The thing's awesome. Yeah. We were talking about like Sam Harris and the New Atheists last week, and like all the fucking um, the the notion, the Western notion that like a lot of what's going on with like say ISIS is like radical Islam or whatever. When it's in reality, look, or at least according to what you sent me, it's like that's an easy explanation for what it's actually a form of nationalism and like it's oddly secular in a way where they just use people that are fanatics. Well, whenever you, if you look at any like organization like this in general, uh, the higher ups more, more likely the people that run the show are probably going to be way more or less ingrained into the religion than you will have the mm. grunts. So like with the, uh, the, the article that uh, Jake is talking about is from Die Spiegel, which is a German newspaper. That's actually pretty good in my opinion of like uh, reporting on this stuff. And they reported after they found uh, Intel, the someone the FSA back in like I think it was about 2003, 2013, 2012, killed um, the central intelligence leader of ISIS at the time. Haji Bakker? Yeah, name? Haji Bakker. I'm gonna do a whole episode about that guy because that story was so fucking weird. Because it's because like, it's more it's because the way America understands uh, ISIS and what happens in the Middle East is as a religious like pandemic switch of like ideology and like extremism. That's the uh, the big thought down. Yeah, in, like, but Texas, when you, you know? look at these, yeah, but when shit. you look at these guys like Haji uh, Haji Becker and whatnot, they're more like along the lines like these guys just want power. They don't care about what your religion is or who you are. They just use these lines that they figure it out. Like they kind of have like this like psychological like breakdown of society and how they can manipulate it. I've read there are even secret Muslims who've become president. <laughs> oh yeah. Um of course you're referring to Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's uh, true. I could confirm. Yeah, I've seen him before at the mosque. And George H. W. Bush. Yeah. Part, part of that story was um <laughs> yeah. Barbara, queen bitch. RP, RP, queen. She's actually that blogger, the fucking never called. You know Beyonce's gonna be performing at her uh, funeral? Are you oh, serious? I'm fucking with you guys. That'd be hilarious, though. I'd be like, sounds 100% real, though. <laughs> That'd be yeah. interesting, though. <laughs> I almost That's probably gonna be like Taylor Swift, to be honest with you. Taylor yeah, Swift. Yeah. yeah. Three doors down, like the fucking uh, inauguration. Uh, I thought it was really interesting because they said when they when they finally fucking killed that guy, they went through his house and they didn't even find a Koran. No, no, no. He doesn't. Because mm. it's like, especially because I don't want to go too into it because Jake wants to do another podcast into it. When you read about like, 
the way that they operate, it's more along the lines of like how they use influence. It's like very like kind of basic politics. It's just using your sphere of influence and like how to like get it to um, kind of change. That's why like uh sorry, but like uh, when people like say ISIS is like pretty much came about because of Obama's policies with Iraq. I don't think that's 100% true because it's mostly about what happened with Syria and the involvement in Syria and, like, the vacuum that was created there. If it wasn't for that, then you wouldn't have guys like uh, Haji Becker, who was Saddam's right-hand man, an intelligence right. guy, who, which we should have mentioned, too. This is who he used to be. Was He was intel for Saddam. Go from Baghdad all the way to Syria because he figured out there was a vacuum that he could use and take advantage of. And that's what they eventually did. So that vacuum of power theory, though, a lot of people ascribe that to, like – you know our it, actions in the area not really because like people over like people talk about our actions in like that area and like blow them up to be bigger than what it is in my opinion like even what what we had with uh the bombings like with trump over the weekend like you know like we we're saying like oh is there gonna be world war three and i'm just in my opinion and i'm like very leftist i'm not close to being like middle of like democrat or anything like that uh-huh. but like those bombings did nothing and it was no threat and there's no third world war three will ever start from it because like they are they're too smart to do stuff like that. And will they bomb certain areas where they know like the, the materials have been all removed, so there won't be retaliation. Like when they blew off the mother of all bombs or whatever. Yeah, it's just bullshit. Cause like even but then Israel it came out, out to- that it was actually just the mother of all Samsung Galaxy S's. <laughs> 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 yes. I'm never gonna let that joke die. Okay. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it's essentially that but like even like because israel came out today and they're like hey like we went back because israel has like done more to bomb assad than anyone else because they know they don't want him to get too comfortable in the region because israel's number one concern every time is israel yeah. so they keep a huge gonna lot. stop that as israel is number one <laughs> israel's number one that's it uh, yeah, Bibby. You, I'm pro Bibby, but no, no. <laughs> Scratch that, please. Take your soda stream and get out of here. <laughs> I show you none of this is edited. <laughs> is there a risk though between Putin and the United States or triggering a like a military conflict? Uh, no, because it's, that's the World War Three theory. Yeah, everyone's that's, kicking around. that's not gonna happen ever. Because like, if you look at it uh, in Delzor, which is like uh, the eastern part that's closer to Iraq. With uh, it's a desert area of uh, Syria, we have U.S. soldiers there, and I think they're like loosely connected to the SDF, which is the Syrian Defensive uh, Democratic Forces, which are headed up by the YPG. They have forces there, and they're pretty much like kind of protecting the oil fields there, and like they're like uh, they're mostly Arab uh, Sunni tribes that help that work with the U.S. They got stormed by Russian mercenaries. I don't know if you guys read the article, and the U.S. was actually based there and they called up the russians and like hey are these your guys and like no we have no one there so like you're free to do whatever you want and 200 russian mercenaries died in the desert in syria you didn't hear about that no when was this this was like last month and russia couldn't say anything about it because they're like they're mercenaries and like technically Uh, they're like soldiers so it's kind of like those type of situations that exist um just for like a quick snapshot of the situation so we we bombed Assad as like a punishment for him using chemical weapons on his own people yeah. supposedly um what who is a, who is the Syrian state fighting right now is it still like eight factions or is it down to like three it's more whittled down now there's still a lot of factions along the lines but most of them kind of have been broken up you have uh most of the FSA are like the ones who are still kind of really active joined sides with the YPG and uh, underneath what's the Syrian Democratic Force because they realize that's the only way they'll have legitimacy on like the world stage and especially get partnership and have some type of support and the YPG has been known to be better fighting forces because they've been trained kind of by the PKK which has been fighting the Turkish military for the last 40 years right. mm-hmm. so they've been able to use that 
But then also you have like other segments of the FSA, which are still kind of more religious and they kind of like all committed to Turkey. And that's what you see in Efren right now. And um, Turkey's like done an invasion of northern Syria into an area because quote unquote saved their border, even though they they had no like security issues. Because before the Kurds or like the YPG controlled, controlled Rojava and like the northern Syrian border, ISIS controlled the area for three years. And Turkey never invaded, never shot a like single shot. Yeah, Turkey and like like uses ISIS. The border was open, yeah. The and they had the border open between ISIS and Turkey for three years. And then this last year, like up until two months ago, Turkey decided to uh attack Efren Canton, which is like a small little uh cut off. Efron's from. That's where that's exactly where it's from. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's where his family originates from. <laughs> Everyone there singing, yeah. dancing. Yeah. <laughs> High school musical is very big there. You'd be surprised. <laughs> it's very big. I'm glad <laughs> you had that because there was a Nora Efron riff in the works in my brain. <laughs> <and> <laughs> Sick with um, Zach, please. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, and, like, uh, so most of, like, the FSA, when, like, the large contingent of that has left, and I probably am born with people, has been aligned with uh, Turkey. And there's small ones, like, kind of on their own, but they kind of died out because of Russian involvement into the war. Yeah. Because up until a certain point, up until, like, 2014, like, 13, the Assad regime was losing. They lost, like, three-fourths of uh, Aleppo. And they had nothing besides barrel bombs. And then this whole thing happened with Russia and their agreement. And it turned out it was over oil, too, which is interesting because mm-hmm. Russia announced that like two months ago that they now control all oil rights over Syria for like the next couple hundred years. Well, and what do you make, speaking of that time period, what do you make of the argument that I've heard some leftists make yeah. that that was the money shot right there, 2012, 2013, for the U.S. to knock out Assad and then the. Uh, FSA would have taken. I kind of agree, but like my leftist point of view is a lot different than a lot of people because like I come from the region and my my point of view is very very different yeah. than the perspective of it because like a lot of leftists look at it well we're over here why we should get involved over there but when we look at what Assad has what did especially at that time it's kind of ridiculous that he got long, got to do that for so long because like these protests for the most part just started as people just going out over wages and stuff like that it was just normal arab air spring protests that were like that kind of that kind of been quelled down and then when you saw like this huge backlash from the government where you had not only like people showing up missing as in like adult males but you had like 13 year old kids 12 year old boys showing up dead and it just pushes people to a point where it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, that's been, that's when the U.S. had to get more involved. The way the U.S. did get involved was more through its uh, uh, partners in, like, Turkey and Qatar. Because that's, mm-hmm. that's our partners in the Middle East. That's us in the, quote-unquote, United States. That's mm-hmm. how the state operates is through these partnerships. The and ex- free world. The, quote-unquote, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, especially with Obama, who, like, uh, his policy has been very hands-off on those type of things. Yeah. And he didn't want to get involved because that's what he got elected for, and he was the moderate, uh, like, president. So he wanted to kept, keep that, like, placing where it's, like, anti-war to a point, even though he was bombing the shit out of people in Yemen. He didn't really mm-hmm. care about Syria because there was no influence that he really cared about. But, so, like... I'm a, I'm a little bit confused and I'm just interested. Like, I don't know a ton about this yeah. topic. Um, but uh, even if, and like uh, like you say, like by all accounts, Assad has a lot of blood on his hands and his go- government is tyrannical. Um, do you think it would help if there was more U.S. intervention? Like, I, I mean, they don't have a good track record of helping anyone. Yeah, see, that's the thing that I don't think it's, in, I'm not along the lines of like the neocon and like going in there and doing like rechanging 
of uh, administrations like that clearly nation doesn't it, it doesn't make sense to me nation building because it's like how much of it can it build like the state system in general too like a lot of this going back to it especially with the article that you were talking about it has a lot to do with like how the middle east was formed in general when you have like countries like iraq and syria where they're so actually diverse ethnically and along religious lines and these people generally even if they got along they had big enough boundaries where they weren't forced to kind of cooperate as bad as that sounds that helped before like disguised Picot, which is where the French and the English pretty much two lawyers from France and England who've never been to the Middle East just drew lines and divided up like these huge swaths of land and fucked up everything. Which is pretty sick if you can do it. Yeah. If you if, if you, you have the ability draw lines on a map and be like, and this is mine <laughs> <laughs> If if someone gives you a chance to create states, do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would make one shaped like a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! Isn't that kind of like Florida though? Like, yeah, just yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just Florida. Yeah. It'll be Florida. Crocs. Yeah. Fucking rule. <laughs> yeah, let's drop Florida over there, man. But yeah, here's what's in my state. It looks like a dick. It's full mm-hmm. of babes, and there's gators everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> and pythons. Um, and pythons. Yeah, I guess that like that's kind of an interesting point though, because you know that there's. I think what's going on in the left right now is more of a critique of the war drums sort of thing because it's like we, I, it's very obvious what you're. I think the, that Trump's administration is trying to do is probably just like sell us on a war, like convince us that this is something that it's not, or um, because like I don't think he's committed to war with Syria and in, in general. Well, I, I, maybe not Trump. I mean, just the Amer- whole American concept yeah. of like uh, intervention. Because I don't see this being like World War Three. To me, no. I'm like, oh, this is like another Iraq, Afghanistan. We're gonna- I, don't, I don't even think it's like Syria's because even before this happened with Trump, uh, I think it was like the week before he really announced that he was going to back off support of like having. Uh, troops in syria because there are troops already stationed there yeah so he he already like said that he would like even like uh like going back to it too and i've like had discussions about this and it kind of like came out like i had a theory on this and like americans policy in the middle east is like it's funny because like as much as republicans like to play on that they're stronger in policy and foreign policy it's kind of become weaker in the middle east because of trump and it's mostly if you look at like uh, the Iranian and uh, Russian influence and how it pertains to Iraq, uh, Yemen, and Syria. Because if you look at like post, uh, like before uh, pre uh, pre Trump, what you had in C- uh, especially with Iraq was the lines kind of blurred with the Kurds and the uh, Iraqi government is because mm-hmm. ISIS emerged and the Kurds are about to take over swatch the land that they kind of wanted before and they like historically had rights over and where mm-hmm. there was Kurdish people that changed about so in last fall when uh this is like one of the indicators of how i think it's changing that changed when uh the iraqi military came in and took over like these majority kurdish cities again using force and they were backed by the iranian military and this whole thing was set up by this guy named uh general Soleimani. And he is Iranian uh, general, pretty much, and he runs the military. He's like the top guy, wow. and he's the guy who like pushes stuff. And it was uh, the backing of uh, pretty much Shia militias that are controlled by Iran, and those are the same people that like operate in Syria too. So like the way I view like I don't think it's gonna be a World War Three because I don't think Trump has any interest in it. Mm-hmm. But there are in the Middle East a shifting of like power plays because you're gonna see more uh, Iranian and uh, Russian involvement in these conflicts that do pop up. And even like if you look at like Saudi Arabia with the crazy thing that happened like last uh, uh, month with uh, the bombing over Riyadh, the capital, mm-hmm. that was a cruise missile. It wasn't just a rocket like you would see in Israel. It's an actual missile going over the capital of like one of our allies, which would be crazy if it lands because that fucks us because we have to get involved. <laughs> mm. If you think, you know what I mean? And that's all Iranian 
like bought in. It's a weird situation. That's why. What What is the relationship right now like between the U.S. and the Syrian Kurds? It's really wishy-washy because then you have like, because you have situations where um, like Raqqa, which was the capital of um, Daesh, like ISIS's capital, where the Syrian Kurds and the United States military were like effectively able to come through and clean out ISIS. So great cooperation to that point where it's become like uh, the U.S. has become like the the Air Force for the Kurds there, like the YPG. But when you look at the new of uh, the new things that are happening in Rojava, especially with Efren and like how Turkey and the new relationship between Turkey and the United States, it's become more interesting because Trump does have a relationship to Erdogan. As much as he goes on about how he's anti-Islamist and extremist, mm-hmm. one of his biggest like friends in the diplomatic world or whatever you want to call it internationally is Erdogan. It's because they both hate women. Yeah, probably. Well, it's because, like, even, like, uh, what we had, like, uh, did you ever see, like, the, uh, the protesters that were protesting Erdogan in D.C.? And they got jumped by his gu- bodyguards. That shit was wild. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Trump in came America. out. In America. Yeah, in America. <laughs> yeah. This was in, this happened in the United States last year. And then Trump came out, like, I think a month la- uh, later and apologized to Erdogan about <laughs> the incident <laughs> so that's yeah. why i'm like that's why like my perspective on the middle east is like that we have no role in there anymore because like trump doesn't really care and he's not that bright I yeah that's I, like that's along the lines of anything he's i think he's been like, outplayed you know, the in the philippines like he, you know he's yeah. attracted the other yeah. I, I read somewhere that when he was on the campaign trail he was singing like this whole different tune where he's oh, yeah. like you know what we need is we need more of these kurds they're yeah. like scrappy and they're better fighters oh, yeah. <laughs> which is I, the enemy of they're ethnically scrappy <laughs> ethnically scrappy <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, no. which is for him to come around and then be like buddies with Erdogan. Yeah. That's like a complete. It's a money. Like it's the whole thing. And it's. I think the argument in this thing I read was that like you like this should make you understand how much Erdogan was like already trying to influence him, like buy his influence. Yeah. And Trump is so easily bought. Yeah, yeah. That like when he got into power, he's like, this guy's great. Yeah. Fuck well, the Kurds. It's almost know? like there's no clear line to his thinking at all. Like, just whoever <laughs> offers him the biggest pieces of cake, he will clap for like a little baby. Like he wasn't ready to become president. <laughs> no <laughs> idea what he was doing. But yeah. like obviously, tr- it's hard to be like afraid of Trump about anything because he's just like a, a, a like cartoon baby who like walks across a construction site. But uh, d- don't like appointees like John Bolton and Warhawks like that who have like a long bloody history of starting these like that's why I wars. think that there's a war coming because I mean, there's a whole Trump's state a apparatus. Vessel. If there's a war, I think it might be out. more along the lines of like North Korea than anything in the Middle East. Really? Well, don't yeah. They, they want Iran, though. Like, these people... They who want are, like, Iran, but then you gotta look at this, too. It was, like, uh, Rex Tillerson, who up until, like, what, a week ago was the Secretary of State, and he literally was caught breaking sanctions for uh, Iran when he was working for Exxon. Yeah. Like, these are the people that he has in his party already. Like, they don't really care. Iran. Like, now it's become Iran, too. It's like, there is economic opportunities in play for these guys. Like, even, like, the Palumbo guy and his, like, involvement with China and that it's popped up. That, like, he has investments there. But isn't that scary? It's like anything could happen. They all want different shit and none of them are working yeah. together. Well, the... the <laughs> how know, none of them are together on anything. Yeah. You can't really track, like, anyone's specific decision-making in these situations except by, I think, the concept of, like, you know, capital. Like, trying to make money off yeah. of these fucking weird, yeah. like, regime changes and shit. That's and all it is, too. It's, like, it's just collectives of people who all agree to make money together. But that's, like, so <laughs> emblematic of his, uh, you know... His, his whole brand. Yeah. yeah. The, like, the reason I feel cynical about this on a war footing is uh, there is one consistent actor in... Uh, 
in the Trump um, establishment, and that is the State Department. Like the people who were in the State Department before are still there now, and it th- from the Obama administration. Yeah, oh. like the the, uh-huh. the the blob, like the yeah. administrative yeah. officials and bureaucracy, right? Bureaucracy. Yeah. yeah, like uh, the the these like bodies that are powered by think tanks and moved entirely by capital kind of without a head still want to go the places they want to go and whoever changes in and out of the positions doesn't really matter yeah um i tend to agree um and i think that i don't know if i was a gambling man i'd say by the end of this i wouldn't be that surprised if that eventually would move this over there because like another thing people are kind of pointing out about this whole like um you know opposition to like the war drums right now is like you know the, there's this concept of like well we sh- you know we have a responsibility to do something on some level but it's like we have a responsibility to do all this other shit that we don't do at all yeah. unless <laughs> there's some way to make money off of it i yeah. would argue uh even and this is cynical too in a different like way Puerto Rico, you know? as a like Puerto Rico. I mean, obviously, there are so many good constructive banners to get behind that to like get even stake your biggest claim in the war front seems like a risky political move. But also, if you look back at the history of socialism and what wins people over uh, on big levels um, is always wars and um, opposing them. If you look at the Russian Revolution, the reason they ended up sweeping the company, country by storm is because... Uh, Every, the World War One was so unpopular that they could say, hey, we don't want to be in World War One, and we'll get you free shit. And everyone was like, yeah, and then didn't even, like, what's the political education of a peasant that right, you could yeah. just offer that, and then why would they say no, you know? Yeah, yeah. Eugene Debs is really anti-war in America. Motherfucking yeah. branding, bitch. Yeah. Or no war, always no war. That's yeah. the rule. Well, it has been kind of entertaining to see like liberals try to square the circle of like, okay, now Trump is actually taking, kind of taking military action against Putin, and instead of saying like, okay, well maybe there isn't as much of this Russia Gate thing as we're giving credit to. They're actually, I've heard a couple people say like, oh, so you're that worried about the Mueller investigation that you're gonna start a that you're gonna start a war just to avoid it's oh, like, like he's like oh yeah like, some, like he's on a bad date in a sitcom yeah like <laughs> two things at the same time i'll just throw a couple bombs <laughs> right yeah like they want to have like that's that's one of the reasons i mean a lot of it is uh like uh, sort of the left criticisms of the russiagate scandal like it, it is nice to be like pointy headed and say like oh you don't know what you're talking about but that's that's really nationalist rhetoric that that liberals are are taking against Russia, and that's dangerous. You know, like we don't know what would ha- would have happened if Clinton was it's in there. It's literally their favorite thing to do. Yeah, is to be like, I'm the good one, but I just want to kill some people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't mind these people dying. If you well, remember, uh, like 2004 Democratic Party, it's not a big leap at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's all four of us go around the table and we'll each ask each other a question. How about that? Okay. Uh, let's play a What game. is your favorite color? <laughs> <laughs> I was kidding. I was Have you ever had a threesome joke? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, whatever the grossest color is. Um, For Benedict. I don't want to fuck my Who Three-way this? packed. With <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just fucking around. Um, I was just sibling looking sex. for a way to wrap Andrews, up. have you had a threesome? No. Oh, okay. I thought he would have. <laughs> I, I mean, thought we were going to get something out of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Andrew's a freak, man. He's a um, nasty freak. I quit trying to get me to do co- cocaine with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah, anything else do you think uh, we get, we should, uh, do you guys think we should get to before we uh, end this little well, hoedown? I want to ask about, and to leave on a positive note, maybe it's not a positive one, but something that a lot of people around the world are looking to for hope, inspiration, are uh, a lot of Kurdish people in this region in places like Rojava that are trying to form a society that is not a nation state, which would be a huge uh, potential catalyst for the world. Um is that is there hope there, or is that just a doomed? Yeah, project? what do you think is the likelihood of like Kurdish independence in general, uh, uh, or autonomy? In, like, I guess those are two different. Because yeah, because we already have autonomy into a certain point. When you look at like Iraq, cause they had the KRG, but even they got shown how much of that the world accepts. Because mm-hmm. as much as like the world really jumped on like the whole bandwagon, like the Peshmerga and the YPG, mm-hmm. as soon as like there was this conflict between this uh, federal government and the KRG and over autonomy over like who has the rights to govern everyone just took the side of this federal government so that's like kind of answers the question and the point is like I it's very difficult unless like there's huge changes in the way the world operates and the way that western countries especially view things because a lot of this to me is like as much as we draw along the lines of like oh this is the middle east and it's up to the population there to figure it out most of the policy making for the Middle East does not come from the Middle East. It comes from overseas and like what we have in like NATO and essentially de- designs the, the co- like the course for everyone. Mm-hmm. Like even with uh, the reason why like we see like groups like the PKK, which is a Kurdish rebel group that fights against the Turkish government getting like put on these terrorist lists is because of NATO. So as long as like these countries like Germany, especially continue to sell arms and continue to support the state state systems in the Middle East, there's going to be difficulty in growing up more things like what you have in Rojava, where you have local government. But I don't know. It's very it's very tricky. I don't know if that answered any of that. <laughs> uh, the PKK is like considered by the U.S. The US and, and the via European NATO just Turkey. That's like it. to be a terrorist organization. Yeah, but it took and just to put in like perspective for people too, it took them 18 years of fighting the war the same way to for them to get listed as a terrorist organization. And it, it was after Turkey kept on complaining to NATO and They Europe. did it as a favor to Turkey. Yeah, exactly. Because they were selling them a lot exactly. of shit. Exactly, because Turkey has... it's And it goes back to, like, capitalism and what you said earlier, too. is like, as long as some, there's, like, Germany sells X amount of weapons to Turkey yearly and, like, they make so much money up of there, I don't see, like, Kurdish autonomy spreading crazy as long as the Western policy doesn't change on well, it. Well, I guess I brought that up because I was like, yeah, even if, like, Rojava really starts to take off, at some point, the just the label of having the PKK being technically a terrorist yeah. to the biggest fucking imperial but force that's what, in the world. And they're on these lists like a, with, like, the most dangerous groups you could imagine like the world's most dangerous group nwa <laughs> <laughs> but not even like uh speaking of like uh, and the united states like shows how much bullshit it is in its policies and like how they play semant- semantics is like the ypg is literally the pkk in syria and they openly are pretty much they they carry around abdullah ojalan which is like the leader and the founder of the pkk's uh pitcher everywhere they use his like ideology as the building block for the federation that they kind of created there yeah 
And the United States realizes that they're not a terrorist group, and they realize that they have something to gain from it. That's why they haven't labeled them a terrorist yet. Right. There's, like, regions where they like, are, like, fight good. alongside yeah, yeah, yeah. and then, like, switch uniforms and suddenly are somewhat, oh, like, compatible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred percent. It's really fucking weird. Uh, by the way, just I'm going to just drop this in here right now. If you're listening to this and this is all, like, sounds like a bunch of gobbledygook, um, and you're like me, I, I'm like that. This is why I'm making shit like this. Um, I am going to make a little, like, crash course fun episode on just what's going on in Rojava, which is like really cool. It's this burgeoning sort of uh, socialist state happening uh, in the region of the world we're talking about where they're fighting ISIS and shit. I'm going to make a dumb, fun, uh, just read-through thing about that. I'm also going to do another one uh, that's just as a supplement to this episode, which is about the um, the the ISIS guy, uh, Haji Bakr, we were talking about earlier, and Haji like Bakr. the whole... Um, World in <laughs> Batman, yeah, uh, just running away from ghosts, but they're all black ghosts because they're wearing pajamas. These ghosts are aligned with the Islamic state. <laughs> <laughs> all right, he would be the ghost. All right, um, so I'm also going to do a story about him because I that that story was really fascinating and it kind of led uh, it had a little bit of insight into why ISIS is what it is, and uh, you know, it was really illuminating to me because I come from a place in the world where people really think they know what ISIS is and they're very wrong. Um, mm. It's uh, it's really interesting the, the more like secular reasonings behind a lot of that shit. Um, and and that like story is just big. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that story is just fucking wild. So uh, I'll put that out this week. I'll, I'll put it out for uh, just free and then the other one will be bonus or something like that. Um, yeah. Anything else before we uh, finish this? And you guys see wild, wild country. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah dude. That shit's awesome. It, I'm moving yeah. there. <laughs> in, in the 80s. It kind of inspired me. I was like, <laughs> uh, I, was like, I, was like, I did nothing it. wrong. She, More yeah. rednecks should have been poisoned. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's do this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to join a cult. <laughs> Rajneeshapologist. They, they look so happy. I mean, even that guy who was a lawyer 30 years later is like crying just thinking <laughs> yeah. about it. Who doesn't want to wear burgundy all the time? I want this my favorite <laughs> color. Oh, it's on my jacket. I, I have yeah, burgundy you jacket. Had a, you had that jacket. Yeah. It really pops. Yeah, it pops. It, it turns the eye to you. I watched that show. I'm, I've got a couple episodes left. The entire time I've been watching it, I've just been saying improv every couple minutes. Like, if you imagine it's an improv school, it is exactly <laughs> like, <laughs> like how those fucking things operate. There's You're this fucking... Happy too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't Organization including the incredibly skilled members, uh, leaders of corporations, there for teamwork building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my favorite part of it was that Christopher Hitchens. Did you see his cameo? No. no when uh, it was one of the earlier episodes, when it was like um, a BBC documentary that he was on, it was like taking you inside the cult of the Rajneeshi, <laughs> and uh, he was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was like, <laughs> "This video has not been doctored in any way." And it was that just was like him? a cl- yeah. yeah yeah, that was Hitchens. It was like a clearly, like very heavily edited video, <laughs> just like beating each other naked and like screaming. Oh, I want to do that. Yeah, yeah that was great. Like the first. It's like throwing tantrums, butt ass naked. I thought yeah. they were doing an escape room. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were just doing coke at Alex's birthday. Oh, oh. Yeah, dude. oh yeah, it, they all did kind of seem like. That. <laughs> <laughs> He did, princess did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, thank you for coming on our uh, show. No problem. Explaining no problem. Um, a bunch of shit to me because I'm an idiot. Um, 
Guys, yeah, so follow me on Xbox. To, yeah, I, say, I have no social media. <laughs> Usually, people plug stuff. I have. I have nothing. I don't do anything like you could, that. You should make a Twitch stream where you just talk about Syria yeah, while you're here. I play video games. That's actually yeah. a good idea. Cool. Seriously, yeah. I have an Instagram. You guys Seriously. have follow me. I don't care. I don't post pictures there. I probably won't post anything. If you want to see me eventually do something, and if I do eventually do something, it's called POV Doge. Just POV and DOJ. <laughs> Is there anything on it? Nothing. Nothing. I'm a lurker. I don't. I don't. I have too much like social anxiety to get up on I've there. I've never heard anyone wow. plug a lurker's <laughs> account before. Go for it. Go for <laughs> it. On anything. Go for it. Oh, that rules. Watch I won't me watch in, you. That's the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> if you want me to be invested into your life and see what you're doing, will you follow people? So you can get a free follower see, if you're. A, I, that's how I keep in contact. With the people that I do like and my cousins that are overseas that's like the only way that I know what they're doing I haven't talked to them in like 8 years uh, like oh you're alive I'm like I am <laughs> like you're not dead in America I'm like yeah that's one of the most versatile <laughs> factions in the war is hashtag team followback is it? yeah hashtag wars is what's going on out there <laughs> alright uh, Halo Wars Halo Wars Plugs? Plugs. Anybody got anything to plug? Yeah, come to my weekly show, you idiots. On nice. um, A and 5th, every Sunday at 7 p.m., I have a weekly show. It's called Bad News. It's a comedy show, and I do the news, and I wear a jacket. It's great. Uh, Sing Sing. Anyway, Sing Sing Avenue. I, I, Anders Lee here, I'm at Anders Lee here on Twitter, at Dursley1 Instagram. I will be at the Cobra Club this Friday at Ooh. 9, and then Beauty Bar Sunday. I believe also... At eight or nine as well. Cool. Two. World tour. Um, I'm going on tour at the end of May uh, with Mishka Shubali. I'm going to Morgantown, West Virginia, Chicago, Detroit, um, Kansas City, some fucking place in Indiana I can't pronounce. Um, I'll put a, a thing Indianapolis. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. Funny. Uh, no, something else. Um, where the fuck else am I going? I'm going to Denver. Uh, we're doing a bunch of house shows on this fucking tour. It's going to be tight. I love house shows. Um, come out and see me if you're in any one of those places and you listen to the show. I will be getting drunk and doing tarot readings all on my other podcast as merch after my show. Also, I have shirts and stuff like that. Um, yeah, uh, all my shit's on, on my Twitter, my pinned tweet, my website, all that stuff. Feral jokes on everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Boom. All it's right. a show. Nice. Good way to end. People talked. Magic come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck me in the ass. <laughs> the amount of this episode that